0: What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, February 15th. Congressman Bob Good joins me on the podcast today. There was a fatal shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. House Intel says there is a serious national security threat. And Speaker Mike Johnson kills the foreign aid bill. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show.
1: The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect and fight for the American family together. You're listening to the Alec Lee show. The future is family.
0: All right, welcome everybody to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching live on Rumble here, please get down there and share the broadcast with everybody in your contact list. Let's fill up this thing. Let's get as many people onto the broadcast here as possible. And don't forget, while you're down there, Hit the share button, smack the like button, leave a comment, get involved in the live chat, whatever you could do to help boost the algorithm here on Rumble. And thank you for tuning in, as always. Now, I did promise you guys I would have former Congressman Ron Paul on the podcast today. Unfortunately, there was a a family situation that came up. Uh, He texted me early last night and said he would have to postpone. So not a big deal. We rescheduled already. So I will have the former congressman on next week. Uh, So I look forward to that. Today, I do have Congressman Bob Good returning to the program. I'm honored to have him back on the show here. I look forward to speaking with him in just a few minutes. Uh, So stick around for that. Uh, Just a couple of program updates. Tonight, I will be on the bottom line on Fox Business with uh, Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell. If you want to tune into that, I'll be on around 645. That's my usual time slot that they put me in there. And also, if you're a fan of or you watch Jesse Kelly's show, I will be on with Jesse Kelly on Friday. I'm not sure of the time, but if you're subscribed to Jesse Kelly, you'll see me on over there as well. All right, so a few things I want to hit on here before I bring the congressman on. And again, share the broadcast here. Let's see how many people we can get into the live here. Uh, there was the, the big news that really trended. Yes, there was a couple of stories, but one of the major ones was the Kansas City Chiefs had their Super Bowl parade yesterday, and it turned tragic. Um, over 20 people were shot, many, many kids. Um, there was a fatality, at least one, many in critical condition. The numbers could rise. Uh, but there, there was at least deaths that occurred. There was multiple gunshot wounds that occurred. And this thing was all over the place on social media, as you can imagine, everybody fighting for the narrative. I mean, that was that's the most important thing that the, to worry about when these happen, when these things, type of things happen. Now, they did have uh, three suspects apprehended. I'll put the picture up here so you get to take a look. Now, of course, they were not white supremacists. They weren't MAGA-supporting. Uh, uh, extremists uh, that were always warned about by Joe Biden. They were three, looked like young black teenagers that were involved in this. So, of course, the names weren't released. Uh, the, that part of the story, we don't play up. You never heard about that part of it. You only hear about the guns. So that was the main focus here. The real focus, the real highlight of this story, however, and I'm going to play the video here for you guys to see it, was you had two you know, citizens, Kansas City Chiefs fans, uh, parade attendees, whatever you want to call them, two heroes is what I'll call them, they actually chase down and tackle this suspect here. I'll put it in slow motion so you guys can see it here. I mean, these guys, talk about a pair. They don't know if this guy is going to turn and shoot at them. They have no idea, but they they risked their lives to save the people in that crowd, and they did so with much
1: bravery, and so my hat goes off to them. One guy was hollering, saying, you know, stop him, or catch him, you know, tackle him, whatever, and he's just just bailing running. And out of nowhere, I heard that guy hollering, so I'm just like, okay, well, I'm right here, and I just, I didn't think about it, it was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate, it was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him, and another gentleman did the same thing, and as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and we held him down. And it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman and hollering at Ongoers, you know, where's the cops? where you know, get the cops over here, get the cops over here. You know, we got them.
0: You know, the Kansas City Chiefs put out a statement, and I would say, shame on them for not mentioning these citizens who did this. And I would say, automatically, you got to give these guys season tickets. You got to give them something. You got to do, they should have a parade for these guys. I mean, this, the bravery it took for these guys to do this. And, and, you know, talk about, we always hear to talk about toxic masculinity. Well, here's the toxic masculinity uh, coming to the rescue once again. These guys stepped up. You don't know how many lives they could have saved. This guy, who knows how many more people he would have shot. Nobody knows the answer to that. Uh, So, again, many, many people, the, the thoughts and prayers, obviously with the families that were affected by this tragedy. But, of course, the left has to take the ball and run all the way with it. We saw many, many calls for the gun control. And I'll just start by saying this sentence here, and I, would, and I would stick to this very, very strongly. If you believe that making strong gun laws is going to prevent criminals from shooting people, you are one of the dumbest people that's ever existed on the face of the earth. There's no helping you. If you think for some reason that people who wish to do harm to others are, are going to obey your laws and not obtain guns illegally— and not continue to murder people. You are absolutely un- unhinged. You have no basis in being in the same reality as the rest of us. We know this is a political thing. It's political. They want to take your guns away. That, and of course, you know, I put a few things out on Twitter about this. And of course, it's like, oh, there were 800 good guys there with guns. and they And it took the two citizens to stop them. Well, wait a second. Why didn't the 800 guns that were there shoot anybody? Right? Because it matters who's holding the weapon. It matters, you have, now here again, this is an issue that they don't want to talk about, especially on the left. The main problem we're having in society is not that we have too many guns, legal guns. The main problem here is the fact that we are living in a fatherless, a godless, and a lawless society. Until those three things change, you could change every single gun law you want to change on the books. Nothing will change. I'm going to bet a dollar to a donut that these three guys that did this yesterday grew up with no father in the home. Not making excuses for these thugs. Not making excuses for these criminals. And, of course, every time you say the word thug, they always associate, oh, it's a it's a cattle call. What do they call it? Oh, a dog whistle. No. If these were three white guys, they would be thugs. It doesn't matter. These three thugs, I'm guaranteeing, grew up without a father figure in their hu- in the house. And so, and if they did grow up, where are the fathers of these guys? Where are the fathers of these young men? This all begins in the home. All of this stuff, it all begins in the home. We have destroyed the nuclear family unit. We've taken God out of society, and we've taken law off the street. And this is the result, so get used to it. Get used to this result and these type of things happening in America and learn how to protect yourself because it ain't going away. The number one social issue we have in this country is the fatherless crisis. And that is what's leading to all of this chaos that you're seeing on the streets. It's that simple, folks. It's not, we need to have more gun. We need to take your, your gun away from you, the, the good citizen. We need to take it away. The guns are illegal. Shooting in public is illegal. Why did these guys break the law? You, you have to be the dumbest person in America to think that if you made a law that says you're not allowed to get a gun, that the criminals are going to listen, that the gang members are going to listen. You're out of your mind. And it's the stupidest argument that there ever is when it comes to this stuff. And I'm so sick and tired of the left crying about gun control every time someone is shot in one of these situations. It's the thugs. It's, we are filling up the prison systems in this country with fatherless young men. Nobody wants to seem to address that. Fatherlessness lawlessness, godlessness. You mix that with a little mental illness that's going on. And the left that's got everybody radicalized to think that white Christian males are the biggest enemy in the in, in the world. But it's not that. And we all know that. You're being gaslit, you're being bamboozled. Right? All of the the majority of the murders in this country are coming from a small percentage of people. The majority of those people are fatherless. All right? And the biggest group, the biggest majority of murders that are taking place in this country are from young black males. There's no escaping that reality. But to say it, you get accused of being Hitler. You get accused of being a racist. It's the truth. Now, you you would say black people make up 13% of the population of America, but you have to slice out a lot of the people in that group because you just get rid of the women right away. You cut that in half. It's already at 7.5%. And then you cut out the elderly and the, and the babies to like 13-year-olds. You're left with a very, very small percentage of the people. Black people are committing more than 50% of the murders in this country. And it's only a small percentage of the black community that's actually doing it. And the huge percentage of them are fatherless. This is why. And now, again, the fatherless crisis is in every community. Well, not as much in the Asian community. You don't see things like this in the Asian community because they have a tight-knit family. Right? Same thing with the Indian Americans. Same thing with your Pakistani Americans. or your, your you, you don't see this amongst groups that have strong, tight-knit family units. The people that are coming out and doing these shootings and stuff are coming from these uh, families that have been destroyed. Now, if this had happened in New York City, there is no doubt in my mind at all that Alvin Bragg, would be perp-walking these two heroes that tackled one of the shooters. He'd be perp-walking them this morning out of central booking. He would have them arrested and charged with some type of crime like they did Daniel Penny, the hero on the subway who who strangled that lunatic that was threatening to kill people on the subway. So if this had happened, maybe even in L.A. with that Garcon, possible there, but definitely, there's no, without a shadow of a doubt, If this had taken place in New York City, Alvin Brad would have already charged those two young men for apprehending the the suspect, the criminal. Because in New York City, you're not allowed to do that. And we learned that lesson with Daniel Penny. So you had all the virtue signalers coming out. Oh, when is it going to stop? Oh, the the shooting, the shooting. None of them want to get to the actual problem that we have in the country. They don't want to fix this. It's about taking your gun away. And that's not going to happen. It'll never happen in this country. Again, 50 years ago to today, you have the same percentage of homeowners that own guns. The same percentage, maybe up a point or two. But it's just virtually the same amount of homeowners, percentage of homeowners that own guns in America. It hasn't changed. But if we go back 50 years and we look at the fatherless households to today, it's almost tripled. All right, we're at 27, 30% of, of homes in this country have no father in the home. Millions and millions of kids are growing up without a father in the home. And this is by design. The man has been taken out of the home by design. This isn't a mistake. This isn't some kind of happenstance. This, this, this is all habit, targeted. This is they are du- directly destroying the family in this country. Now, listen, I have been doing this. Uh, on First Class Fatherhood, talking about the importance of the father in the home for years. And I got so sick and tired of hearing these socialist, communist bastards talking uh, uh, about all of this stuff that their children don't belong to the parents, they belong to the state, they belong to the community, that, that I launched this show. And those of you who have been following understand that's why I launched it. We have got to get back to what makes America great, and it's the great American family. That is what makes America great. And that's for every race in this country. It's the reason why you're seeing all of this chaos. And it's and you see, all, look at what we've become. Look at what we've become in this country. You walk in, they got tampons in the boys' room. And that's that's like a big concern. They've taken this transgender thing. They've destroyed everything that's possibly good about your child's life. From what they're seeing on their phone, from what they're seeing on their iPads, from what they're learning in school, from what they're seeing in movies, it's all been twisted. It's all been twisted against them. And on a side note, just a program update here again, one of the guests next week that's joining me is Robbie Starbuck, who has just come out with a movie all about what I'm talking about here. So we're going to get really, we're going to take a deep dive into all of that next week. He'll be here on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. It is so sad to see what has happened here. And again, you, you know, heroin is illegal. 13,000 people are dying from heroin overdoses every, every year. Fentanyl, illegal. People are overdosing on it every every day. Cocaine, illegal. Do you know anybody that does cocaine? Right? We make it sound as if, oh, we just need more laws for these people to understand that they're not allowed to shoot people in public. And then all the shootings will stop. Or we need to take your gun away. The guy who hasn't done anything. We made alcohol illegal in this country. What happened? Did that stop the drinking? Or did that create a new problem? Uh, imagine trying to take away the guns from the people in this country. What chaos would ensue? So prayers for the people, and they make fun of you for saying that too, by the way, when you pray for the people who were shot. Yesterday too, be it Ash Wednesday, uh, they, obviously you know you see a lot of good... Uh, uh, Catholics out there with their ashes. And you got to hear the quips and the comments and all this other stuff. But you know what? There's good people in this world. And we saw that yesterday. Uh, these innocent bystander uh, heroes jumped in and saved the day. But listen, it is, uh, it's just, it's tragic what's happening. And God bless the families that were affected uh, in Kansas City at the parade You know, what a terrible thing that you're going there just with your family to celebrate your favorite team's victory. You bring your kids with you, and then all of a sudden you got these absolute animals out here shooting and spraying and hitting kids and hitting people. One single mother died. It's like, what what a sick, sick thing it is. You you know, it really is. And I don't know if this thing was like a targeted mass shooting or probably just some inter-rival gang, two guys or a few guys getting in and getting into it with one another. Who knows? It's just sickening to see. All right, let's get to this here, and then we're going to bring the congressman on. I just wanted to hit this here, too, and I'm going to, probably t- I'm going to talk to the congressman about this stuff, too, so I just want to get a quick point on it because we're going to get as many people into the live here before I bring the congressman on, and it gives me a few more times to get him ready in the Zoom room. The House Intel says there is a serious national security threat. So let me read this to you guys, and this came out yesterday from the chair, uh, Mike Turner. Today, the House... Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Now, this coincidentally comes just as we're not giving the money to Ukraine. I'll talk about that in a second, how Speaker Mike Johnson stood up to the plate and hit a home run. But now they're talking about this serious threat. Now, the serious threat from what we're reading here is that Russia has space nukes, is one of the things that we're hearing, that Russia has capability of using nukes in space that shoot down satellites and stuff. So what does this mean? It means that you should be thanking President Donald Trump for creating Space Force. Right. And maybe we should be giving Space Force 60 billion dollars to up the ante if the national security threat is coming from space uh, from Russia. But all of a sudden it's they ramp this up as if like, oh, if we don't do something about this, uh Russia's going to blow us uh, you know, off the world here. We, you know, it's a serious thing. Joe Biden crying on Twitter about this stuff yesterday as well. Why not give the 60 billion to the Space Force then? And let's let's have the greatest space force in the planet, in the galaxy. We constantly hear. Putin is gonna take over the world. You let him take over Ukraine, he's gonna take over the world. Where is when is it gonna stop? Putin's gonna take over the world. He can't even take Kyiv. It's been two years, he can't take Ukraine. Putin's gonna take over the world? Why is he what's why hasn't he taken over Ukraine if he's so powerful? He's the Almighty. Oh my god, we have to stop him here. Or he's gonna take over the galaxy. Why can't he can't take over Ukraine? This is the threat. Or does he not want to take over Ukraine? What's the story? What's going on with this whole thing? Ukraine, Russia. What is it? Two years of, of war. What happened here? What's the story? Either Russia is that bad. Either they're that bad. Their military sucks. And they can't take over one country like Ukraine. Or there's something more going on to this story. What is it? Or Ukraine is that good? We, we've gave them $120 billion And they were able to fight back against the greatest threat to our humanity. They just need more money. It's like a, Ukraine and Zelensky. And by the way, yesterday, Valentine's Day, Biden was really, uh, really doing his best to give his Valentine, Zelensky, a, uh, a Valentine Day gift. But he didn't get it. But it's, it seems like Zelensky is like the, the gambler who's borrowing from one of his friends. And he's always just that last Just, you know, he lost one hundred twenty billion. I just 60 billion more, please. I, I, this is the last time won't happen again. I'm going to get it all back. I'm going to win this time. Just 60 billion more and we'll do it now. He sounds like a sick, degenerate gambler. That's what he sounds like, Zelensky. We, we couldn't do it with $120 billion. We lost that. Just another 60000000000 billion. That'll get us over to home. That'll stop the Russians from getting into space and shooting your satellites out with nukes. So, Speaker Johnson—now, listen, I've been very critical of Speaker Johnson. If you watch the show, you know that I have been. I've been very critical of him at times. I got to give a little credit where the credit is due here. Speaker Johnson killed this foreign aid bill, which did nothing to protect our border and did gave nothing to the American people. This was Biden yesterday. Uh, you know, we're going to give you, Ukraine billions. We're going to give Israel billions and we're going to give the American people nothing. And this is the guy. Oh, what a great president. So here was Speaker Johnson yesterday talking about killing the bill.
2: But but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning, the Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. We need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart.
0: Yeah, wouldn't the, wouldn't the southern border, wouldn't that be the, uh, the serious national security threat? Isn't that millions of people coming through the border? Isn't that a national, a serious national security threat? Doesn't that warrant any type of action? So, again, I, I give Speaker Johnson some credit here for killing this as soon as it got to the House. We cannot continue to give just piss money away to Ukraine. Love the fact that Donald Trump says, hey, you know what? If you're going to give him any money, make sure they pay it back. We give them a loan. We don't just keep giving your money away, the taxpayer money away. All right. So let's do this here. I want to bring on Congressman Bob Good. I had him on the podcast previously. I'm glad to have him back. We're going to get into what's going on with the FISA, the border bill, uh, the Alert Act, the Mayorkas impeachment, uh, losing this House seat, which was unbelievably uh, devastating and another loss for the Republicans here. So we're going to get into all that and so much more. Uh, Again, don't forget, get down there, hit the like button, hit subscribe or follow the channel, whatever you can do. Share it here. Let's get as many people into the live broadcast as possible let's do this now. Let's bring on Congressman Bob Good. All right. Joining me now, Congressman Bob Good. Welcome back to the Alec Lace Show.
2: Good to be with you again, Alex. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. I got a lot to get to. So I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire here. But if, let me start it out first with the bad. I mean, obviously, uh, we, we lost George Santos's seat. Your colleagues voted him out. We expelled him. And now that seat goes to the Democrats. A little bit of a devastating blow adding fuel to the fire there. What's your reaction to that?
2: Well, this stupidity of us voting George Santos out, who was a good, reliable voter, he already announced he wasn't going to run again. He should have been able to serve out his term unless he was convicted of a crime. The stupidity is accentuated by the fact that, as you said, we lost the seat. It also illustrates, though, early voting is critical. Republicans love to vote on Election Day. I vote the first day that polls open. My wife and I do in Virginia. We don't believe in the 45-day law. We wish it would be changed. But You just can't outvote in a single day what Democrats do over several weeks. Emergencies happen, family situations, work situations, uh, health situations, those kind of things. Snowstorms has hit New York City, which diminished uh, same day voting. And so what we've got to do is vote early. Don't vote often like the Democrats, but do vote early because we've got to maximize our numbers.
0: Yeah, Very well said, Congressman. If we don't change that, we may have trouble in November. And you're right. Unless the rules change. Uh, you better get out there and get your vote as soon as possible. Uh, switching over to the good here, uh, Speaker Johnson killed this foreign aid bill, which uh, so many were happy to see that he held up to his word there and killed it as soon as it got to the House. We have a feeling that if it, McCarthy was still the speaker, this thing would have been on the floor and Zelensky would have been fat in the purse by now. Uh, so I was glad to see and I have been critical of speaker, speaker Johnson. I was glad to see him step up and kill the bill. Your take on that?
2: Appropriately critical, quite frankly, for for many of the things that we've done or haven't done over these last four months uh, with respect to Speaker Johnson. However, uh, conservative nation rose up and killed the phony border security bill last week, which was really the Ukraine funding bill combined with an amnesty bill masquerading as a border security bill. Thankfully, we killed that that in the Senate because the conservatives led by the House Freedom Caucus rose up, conservative movement groups rose up, the American people spoke out, and it became just too painful for Senator Republican senators to vote for it. So thankfully, we killed a bill that would have literally made the border crisis worse while also giving political cover to the very individuals, Mayorkas, Biden, uh, Democrats, uh, who are perpetrating the border invasion. Now, to your point, this week, the supplemental that's come from the Senate, the unpaid-for supplemental, what we've got to do is move past the era of unpaid supplementals we borrow from our kids and grandkids to send them overseas or for other so-called emergency funding. We've got to have pay for it, no matter how meritorious it might be. In other words, I support aid for Israel, but it must be paid for. We shouldn't be borrowing it. I don't support more uh, money for Ukraine and Israel funding should not be held hostage. You know, $15 billion for Israel for, you know, to $60 billion for Ukraine, we've got to choke down and we want to support Israel, our number one ally uh, in the Middle East and certainly one of our top allies in the world stage.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think all of us are sick and tired of it. if you want to do something, you've got to automatically lump in this thing that we don't want and we didn't ask right. for. It. So it should be single bill. What was your read on uh, President Trump saying, you know, this should, any foreign aid should be in the form of a loan? I say, hey, we're going to give Ukraine some money, but we expect to get it back.
1: Well,
2: I, d- I agree with the concept of that. A loan is better than a gift. However, we ought to do it, as as he essentially said as well, why, eyes wide open where we don't expect or recognize we're going to get paid in some of these cases. Certainly. To- uh, the, some of these nations haven't proven themselves to be a reliable debtor, if you will, in terms of paying it back. So we shouldn't loan money that we can't afford to lose. And what that does mean, even if it's a loan, it's got to be paid for offset by cutting IRS expansion, cutting climate credits, cutting UN funding, cutting UNRA, which has proven to be corrupt with its, with the its support of Hamas and individuals involved with UNRA who are even a part of the the terrorist assault on Israel. Uh, so there's lots of low-hanging fruit, the climate slush fund, the the uh, commerce slush fund, as it's called. There's lots of low-hanging fruit, things that we should be cutting anyway that could pay for uh, a supplemental package, regardless of what it's, what its intention is.
0: Yeah, right on with that. I'm going to get to the funding bills here in just a second. But obviously a big, big news is that, you know, finally- it seemed like it was one of these things that was never going to happen. The impeachment of Mayorkas, it, it, you know, it was hopefully it was going to happen at the end of last year. We never got to it. We finally got to it here. Mayorkas gets impeached. Uh, what's your take? Give me a response to that.
2: Should have been impeached a year ago by the previous speaker. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Mike Johnson is speaker. Uh, Former Speaker had said we would impeach Mayorkas, and he didn't do it. Uh, we didn't need investigation for that. We already had the millions and millions of illegals who've been helped, not just allowed, helped into our country by Biden and in Mayorkas. Mayorkas executing Biden's policies. So thankfully, Speaker Johnson went through with it. Thankfully, we were able to pass that out of the House. I don't understand why those three Republicans didn't vote for it. I I do understand what the points they've made. I just don't agree with them. I think they did it on what they think are principle. But thankfully, it passed. Uh, now we'll get to make our case to the Senate, obviously an uphill climb for a conviction, but the House is responsible for what the House does. And we can't let a, an invasion be perpetrated by our own administration, by those who we are, we are paying uh, to defend the United States. We can't allow them to perpetrate an invasion at our southern border. And so we rightfully and appropriately impeach Mayorkas.
0: Yeah, we know that the border is a mess, but it was this I would say another uh, win for Speaker Johnson here going in the right direction, at least uh, Mayorkas. Now, one of the things when I had a congresswoman, your colleague, Kat Kamak on the podcast here, uh, when she talked to Mayorkas, she said, hey, you know, if you impeach me, you you ain't going to like what's coming after me. You're not going to like the guy who's next. Mm -hmm. Uh, So provided we do get this thing and maybe we make a case in the Senate and we get the guy out of there. What does come next? Uh, What is the what is the chance we get somebody worse?
2: I don't know how they could be worse than letting uh, 10 million illegals into the country in three years. I don't know that we could increase the flow that much. We basically are letting anyone who wants to, to come into this country. You've got the 8 million uh, who we encounter and we apprehend and we they surrender uh, to us and we give them all the free stuff, free travel, free housing, free education if they're kids, free social services, free health care, things that American citizens don't get. So I don't know how you could let more in, help more in more quickly. That's every resource the Biden administration directs to the border is to get more illegals in the country as quickly as possible. Then, as you know, the Mexican crime cartels who control that flow, that surrender flow that we're just talking about, they control it, they get paid for it, up to $70,000 an individual if they're coming from China, four or $5,000 if they're coming from Mexico, and then a varying amounts in between based on where they're coming from. But then there's also, that, that that flow is utilized to get the other two million, the criminal gotaways, the ones with terrorist ties, the ones who are trafficking drugs, children, women into the country, the really harmful, dangerous individuals, that's happening as well. So I don't know how we could do worse. I do think Myarcus is being somewhat truthful in the fact that he's just executing Biden's policies. And if, if he were to be moved by the Senate, someone else would execute those same policies unless we cut off their funding. We ought to be utilizing the money, the funding of this government to force the policy changes that we want. In this case, border security being number one. We haven't shown the wherewithal, the resolve, the willingness to do that because that will force us into a shutdown fight that the American people, I believe, would support us if we were to enter into. Uh, But that takes toughness. That takes resolve. That takes courage. We haven't demonstrated that in sufficient supply to, to execute that.
0: Yeah, we have it. And and you're right. Uh, Mayorkas is just following the game plan. So the game plan doesn't change, just the faces change is really essentially what he's saying there. And also, too, with the flood of illegal immigrants, you know, we're also seeing redistricting happening, too, for House seats. I mean, this could be uh, catastrophic going forward for what's happening here to the country and reshaping politics. But you're talking about the funding, uh, the government here, uh, you know, the, I think it's March 1st, right? The four funding bills. Uh, you got the appropriation bills on March 8th. Uh, Is this going to be more of just kick the can down the road here? Is this going to be finally something comes to the table? We get something done here. How do you see this playing out coming up early next month?
2: My prediction would be that, yes, you'll see more of the same, that you'll see bad legislation passed under suspension of the rules with predominantly Democrat votes because it'll keep in place the funding levels and the policies that Biden, Pelosi, Schumer orchestrated before we were given control by the American people in the House. And you'll see us continue not to validate the trust that was placed in us, which I think is harmful us to going into November. What are we running on if we continue the same policies? Now that said, what we should do is to attach border security to the funding mechanisms and, it, and we ought to, act, frankly, fund the government at the levels that were signed into law. I opposed it a year ago, but it, the the FRA Failed Responsibility Act, as I call it, the debt ceiling limit, uh, the debt ceiling increase, that at least did put some caps on spending, and it would save about seventy billion, seven zero, uh, versus where we are currently with the with uh, at this year. So it, it would be better than nothing. And now you're sort of you're reaching for scraps, you're grasping at something that's an improvement. That's what we ought to do. But tie it to border security. I don't think we'll have that fight. We're on the conservative side, House Freedom Calls, That's what we're pushing for.
0: Hopefully we would see it. But again, another uphill battle. I don't want to get to 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 FISA here. I know that you you listen. Obviously, this has got to be reformed. I mean, you know, they always say it's like a conspiracy theory that, you know, if you go to church, if you go to the gun range, if you're buying ammo, the government's watching you. They're spying on you. You'd think like, oh, that guy's a conspiracy theory. But but the FBI has admitted uh, you know, to uh, buying American data, locations, all this stuff. We not we know this exists. This isn't some kind of made up theory. Uh, it's dangerous what the government is doing. And they're weaponizing their, their tools against the American people here. Uh, wh- how do we get the FISA? What's the Pfizer reform going to look like?
2: Yeah, this is the fight of the moment. This is the opportunity of the day and really where we want to engage and get people responding and talking to their members of Congress, Republican or Democrat, for that matter. This is bipartisan. And frankly, exposing what the Intel Committee, led by Chairman Mike Turner, uh, people need to rise up and condemn what they're doing. And what they're trying to do is essentially extend or reauthorize FISA, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance, uh, on without the, without protecting the constitutional freedoms and rights of American citizens. And so frankly, that's why the vote yesterday or that was supposed to happen today, I should say, we were supposed to vote on the rule yesterday was delayed because the intelligence committee led by Mike Turner, the chairman, essentially said, if we vote on the amendments that we've put forward, the righteous amendments that put the appropriate reforms in place, which I'll speak to in just a moment, uh, then they were going to take down the rule and prevent the legislation coming to the floor because they don't want to have to vote to keep in place the spying on U.S. citizens, or even the expansion of the spying on U.S. citizens. And to your point, uh, sort of the mantra of some would say, oh, you're being a conspiracy theorist. If you just do the right thing, you shouldn't have to worry about your government spying on you. Well, we have seen over the last three years, a government weaponized against its citizens, a two-tiered justice system, a willingness to go after political opponents, a willingness to suppress and control information, going after pro-life protesters and putting them in jail like the gentleman, Mr. Mark Houck in Pennsylvania, going after Catholics just practicing their faith in Richmond, Virginia, just near me, uh, going after those uh, who, who protested on January 6th, peacefully, uh, going after those parents who show up at school board meetings. So you don't want the government surveilling you without a warrant, without your knowledge, or buying information from private uh, entities, uh, big tech companies and so forth, that they couldn't get without a warrant on their own, but they want to buy it from private companies, or expanding spying capacity to Wi-Fi hotspots in businesses, restaurants, hotels, those kind of things. That's what we're fighting against. We've got to have those reforms. Uh, the Judiciary Committee is leading the way. Chip Roy from Texas, uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Warren Davidson from Ohio, who's not on the committee, but has been right at the center, tip of the spear on this. They've done the right thing. The Intelligence Committee is doing the wrong thing and trying to re, uh, to extend this without the appropriate reforms. That's the battle of the day. We need everybody to weigh in. And frankly, it has bipartisan support. The Democrats, turns out, they don't want to be spied on by their government either. The Judiciary Committee is supposed to have jurisdiction but the speaker is allowing the intelligence committees to have the base to have their bill and the base text with amendments from the Judiciary Committee. We can't pass it without those amendments, or we must not pass it without those amendments to protect the American people. The the privacy and the freedom and the liberty of the American people's gotta come first. We can't we can't compromise that in the name of supposed safety.
0: Great stuff for Congressman. And and especially in today's day and age when we're on these devices and they, can, they we, we do everything by them. Everything is on there. All of that's our right. information is on these devices. And if the and, government has access to them free will without a warrant, it's dangerous.
2: That's right. And you might say, OK, well, uh, you know, Walmart has my data because I shop there or my credit card company or my bank has my data or, you know, the c- c- other companies that I do business with. But they can't put you in jail. They can't weaponize the power of the government against you, these private entities, the federal government can, and they ought not to be able to get that information on you or to spy on you or surveil you or track you or follow you without a warrant and without you being notified.
0: And it's it's scary to think that they could, they're doing that. And it's like, well, you wonder how, how do, if, if they have the capability of doing this and they, and they're not using it on all these actual terrorists that we have in the country. We have all these bad apples, gang members. We have all these things going on. Usually when you hear about the shootings, oh, he was known to the FBI. So it's like they have these capabilities, but they're using them, like you say, on churchgoers, on law-abiding citizens and they, without a warrant, and they're just invading your privacy. And like you said, you, you know, I'll tell you what, though, Congressman, too, it's dangerous because so many people have no idea what they're agreeing to when they download right. these apps and when they get on there. They just click yes to the agreement on on, on these pages. I have no idea what they're saying yes to and then they're just using these apps.
2: Yeah, they admitted they had 270,000 essentially illegal constitutionally without a warrant spying on U.S. citizens and 10,000 different members of the federal uh, intelligence community slash law enforcement had access. It was not We want it to be limited to certain folks who were approved uh, with the warrant capacity, not just 10,000 different people and you don't know who's doing it and why they're doing it. Uh, that's a real problem.
0: Uh, And I know time is running tight here. I just wanted to get a a, a cut from you here on the ALERT Act. I know that's now out of the Oversight Committee here. Tell tell my listeners about the ALERT Act and what's next for it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate the Oversight Committee bringing our bill through their committee and hopefully get a floor vote on it soon. Essentially, there's so much of what impacts Americans' lives comes through the unelected bureaucrats who run the departments and the agencies working in the executive branch. The bureaucrats who make these rules, uh, far more rules than laws that are passed by Congress or rules that don't follow the intent of Congress. My bill, the Alert Act, would require a, a regular reporting on every rule that these uh, bureaucrats are working on, that that had to be reported on a monthly basis. Uh, then they had to also report on what the cost of that was to the American people. And they had to publish that well in advance before that would ever go into effect so that there, there could be a fair hearing uh, to that effect of what they were proposing. Trying to rein in a bureaucratic state.
0: Yeah. Great stuff, Congressman. And let me get you out of here on this. The last thing I want to ask you about is this. We've heard about this great threat, this serious threat, national security threat, uh, space nukes coming from Russia here. All of us. Is this coincidental to the timing of the begging of the money for Ukraine or what's the story there?
2: Actually, the media is missing it here because you keep hearing that it's because of Ukraine. It's really about FISA. It's really about FISA. So we were in our Republican conference meeting uh, uh Wednesday morning of this week and in that meeting when we were going to debate FISA reform the things we just talked about the intelligence committee chair mike turner gets up and says oh i need everybody to go in the skiff and see this classified information about this new threat that and hey this isn't about fisa this is about this new threat but frankly the timing of that's strongly coincidental to trying to get us to just give the intelligence committee the permission to spy on us to keep us safe i think the timing is very suspect
0: Wow. Okay. Very cool, Congressman. That's a great point there. Listen, I know the time. I'm up against the clock here. It's an honor to have you back on The Alec May Show. Love to have you on again down the line. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here today on The Alec May Show.
2: Great to be with you. Thank
0: you. All right. Honored to have Congressman Bob Good back on the Alec Lay Show here. What did you guys think about the interview, the conversation? Hit me down in the live chat there. Leave a comment. I I thought Bob Good was very good. Uh, I tried to change the uh, topics as rapidly as I could. I know I only had about a 15-minute window with him today, this afternoon. Uh, I was grateful to get it, so let me know. Again, what you thought about it. And listen, you heard right before I brought him on, I was in that same boat that he was talking about. I was under the assumption that the serious national security threat that we were hearing about with the timing of it was with the Ukraine funding bill. I was under that same assumption. He's saying it's the timing is with Pfizer. So uh, that's that makes sense to me as well. And it seems like, you know, the. and again, like I said, we, we, we think of it as a conspiracy theory that the FBI, the government is watching you, right? Big brother, they're watching you. So when you talk about things like that, when you're a churchgoer, when you, uh, ex- uh, uh, you know, exercise your Second Amendment right and you think that the government is watching you, there's a good chance they are. And they've been caught doing it and admitting to doing it. So this isn't stuff that's like, oh, man, this is some wild conspiracy theory here. And it's only going to get worse if there's no Pfizer reform here on what they're capable of. It's only going to get worse. The government, they don't even need a warrant to be able to tap into your location data, to your uh, phone data. This is insane, insanity. You know, if, they, if this is allowed to continue, which we all have a feeling, right? There's nobody out there that owns a phone. That hasn't been in that that situation where... They're just talking to a friend about something like, oh, uh, we were talking about uh, speedboats the other day and uh, we were thinking about getting one. And then all of a sudden you're getting advertisements on your phone about speedboats. I hope you're in a situation you could buy a speedboat, by the way. But you all know what I'm talking about. If you're talking about uh, a new teapot, all of a sudden, you know, teapot advertisements are showing up on your phone. So it's amazing what is being listened to and picked up by these uh, apps that we give permission to on our phone to spy on us. So who knows, you know, whatever you agree to in that terms and agreement. Oh, we've updated our terms and agreement. The thing is like 17 pages long or whatever it is. No one reads it. They just click OK because they want to just get back to the site or back to using the app. And you give them permission to listen to, to your conversations. And we know that Amazon is doing it, that Google is doing it. We, we know that these companies are doing it. But is the government doing it? Is the, is the government able to tap into all of that without your permission? Who knows, right? I mean, who knows what they're—and uh, why aren't they using it against these, these guys that are always popping up? Oh, they're known to the FBI, right? So, again, a lot of great stuff there, Congressman Bob Gooden. And, again, losing the Santos seat, what a slap in the face that the Republicans stood up against one of their own guys and threw him out. Guy that votes conservative 95, if not 99 percent of the time. They they throw this guy out. No reason for it whatsoever. Uh, it wasn't like one or two uh, congressmen did this. And so now the worst case scenario is that we lose a seat. Not that we had the brightest, uh, the best candidate on the Republican side here. Uh, but, you know, still, nonetheless, you don't want to lose the seat to a Democrat. I mean, uh, th- th- that was the worst case scenario. And just put an egg on their face. All these rhinos that that voted out George Santos. And like the congressman said, you could have just let the guy ride out his term. He said he wouldn't run for re-election. Let him ride out the term. And again, of course, uh, my my thoughts, my hearts, my prayers go out to all of these people that were affected at that Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. Uh, the the one single mom there that that was uh, shot and killed. Uh, she was a DJ in Kansas City. Just a tragedy all the way around. And again, Kansas City, another one of these uh, Democratic uh, utopian cities, hasn't had a Republican mayor. In over 30 years, straight Democrat rule. And what's going on in Kansas City? right? Kansas City had their highest murder rate ever in history last year in 2023. So murder is nothing unusual to Kansas City, especially since the Democrats have taken control of that city, just like every other Democrat city they touch. Uh, Kansas City, no different than that. Can't seem to escape it. The Democrat policies can't seem to save anybody in Kansas City. Right? The murder rate's going in the wrong direction there. They had more murders last year than any other year on record in Kansas City. This after 32 years of straight Democrat rule. Give Democrats control of a city and watch how fast they'll destroy it. Despite the fact telling you that their policies are better for people. Well, they don't seem to be working in Kansas City. And again, it, it, you know, it, it's just sickening to see, and thank God for those. I, I played the interview with one of those um, heroes there that stopped one of those Shooters yesterday, but it's just—it's so sad to see that you know we're seeing more and more of this from from these people in our society that are again. I address it to the fatherless crisis that we got going on. We've destroyed our nuclear family. We destroyed everything that's decent and good in America, and that's why we're seeing more and more of these low life criminals, animals, uh, causing havoc that you can't even just go with your family. You know how many fathers, how many mothers brought their kids to this parade yesterday. And uh, ended up changing their life forever. They couldn't do that, though. All right, one other thing to keep your eye on today is going to be this Fannie Willis or Fannie Willis, whatever you want to call her down there, the corrupt, uh, you know, uh, DA down there in Atlanta that is trying to obviously has the witch hunt trial against President Donald Trump. Now she finds herself on the hot seat and there is going to be, you know, her day is due today. And so we're going to find out what happens, what her fate is. Because if this girl is caught, you know, profiting from having her lover come in as the prosecutor in this case, that's going to be the end of her, and it's going to be the end of this bogus trial down in Georgia. So it could all go up in smoke, and it seems like that's the way it's going. And we we know that this was just a get Trump deal. This was, you know, this woman is another one of these lunatics that's out there just to get the president by hook or by crook, and she's outwardly got Trump derangement syndrome, but now. You know, she's going to find out for herself, right? You, uh, And of course, it was the minute that she got found out fooling around and sleeping with everybody, it was, oh, poor me. You're doing this because I'm a black woman. You're attacking me. No, you. it seems like you're, you are got corruption up into, your, up into your ears. And that's why we're holding your feet to the fire. i to do it your race. So we'll see. We keep an eye on that. That's going down today as well. So hopefully we'll just see her get the justice deserved and we'll see the end of this A bogus trial down there in Georgia. And I know, man, President Trump is always up against it with all of these things. It's amazing the way this guy can just keep, take a licking and keep on ticking. And you can't stop him. And hopefully we sail right into this presidency in November because we need Donald Trump back in office now more than ever, more than ever. All right. So uh, listen again. I got to give a little credit to Speaker Johnson. You guys know I've been hammering him here. We got the bill killed, the foreign aid bill, and and, and finally, uh, Mayorkas got impeached. Anna Paulina Luna called it on Twitter, saying we were gonna they were gonna impeach him. They did. Uh, so a good move. Finally, will it get past the Senate? I don't know. I, I don't think so. But uh, listen, anything could happen, and uh, we'll we'll see. You know, again, who comes behind them? But the border is a mess. It's going to continue to be a mess down there. Yeah, boy. All right, so those are really all I had for you today. Again, I was supposed to have Ron Paul, former congressman, here on the podcast today. He had a family emergency come up, so we rescheduled. He will be here with me next week on Thursday, so a week from today, and Tuesday on the podcast. I'm going to have Robbie Starbuck. He's got a new documentary out about what's going on against our children in this country. Uh, they are under attack. There is no doubt about that. Uh, so are the parents in this country. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna really take a deep dive. Check out uh, Robbie Starbuck. Uh, and his new documentary movie, very enlightening stuff. We're going to talk about it all on Tuesday. Tonight, I will be on The Bottom Line on Fox Business with Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell. I don't know what I'll be talking about yet, what the topics are going to be. But if you want to tune in, The Bottom Line on Fox Business around 6.45 p.m. I usually come on, close out the show. Tomorrow, I will be on Jesse Kelly's podcast. It'll be That's on the 1st. You can find that. Uh, Jesse Kelly, if you're a fan of his or you know him, you'll see me on there tomorrow. Talking about fatherhood. And again, if you're interested in my First Class Fatherhood podcast, I'm moving it over here to Rumble. You'll find the First Class Fatherhood channel right here on the Rumble page. If you want to check it out, go ahead. I'll start importing some of my old interviews onto there, uh, but all the new ones are going to go there first before they go to the other platform. So check out First Class Fatherhood right here on Rumble. Don't forget to follow this channel right here and hit the like button, hit the share button, leave a comment, get involved. And thank you so much. You know, share the broadcast with everybody in your network, in your contact list and I appreciate all of your support going so, going into this. And again, I'll be down at CPAC next week. So you get a bonus episode next week, either Friday or Saturday. I don't know which day. I'll go live down there and I'll bring you some interviews with the speakers and whoever else I can run into down there. It's usually a fun time. Uh, I'll be down there in D.C. Trump is the headline speaker. Uh, obviously, would love to have an interview with Donald Trump, but I've been working on that for many, many years now. And we'll see if we can make it happen. And uh, that's all I got for you guys today. So uh, thank you for tuning in and watching. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Bob Good. Let me know down there in the comments. I'll be back next week, two episodes, and then a bonus. God bless all you listeners out there. God bless you parents. God bless our first responders, our military, our veterans. God bless America, and I will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend.
1: You're listening to The Alec Lace Show.
2: Alec Lace has interviewed more than 700 dads on his award-winning podcast, First Class Fatherhood. Dads from all walks of life, including Tom Brady, Deion Sanders, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Harvey, Tony Hawk, Eric Trump, and so many more. Find out why First Class Fatherhood has been number one on the iTunes charts. Who these men are as fathers and how they raise their children is far more important than anything they accomplish in their careers. Alec Lace encourages his high-profile guests to share their fatherhood journeys and offer advice to new and soon-to-be dads. Let every father in your contact list know about First Class Fatherhood. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is Father's Day on First Class Fatherhood.
1: You're listening to The Alec Lake Show. The future is family.